Good morning. It's Tuesday, August 20th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined at this end every weekday by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott. Trey, Tuesday was a big day for things we figured were going to be the case, turning out to indeed be the case. Yeah, the uh, preseason AP Top 25 was released Monday, and for the first time ever, the Clemson Tigers, Connor, now day number one ranking. Alabama is number two, which is definitely the ranking Nick Saban would have wanted. The rest of the top 10 is actually identical to the USA Today coaches poll. Um, I'm going to read it out here. Uh, one, Clemson. Two, Alabama. Three, Georgia. Four, Oklahoma. Five, Ohio State. Six, LSU. Seven, Michigan. Eight, Florida. Nine, Notre Dame. And 10, Texas. Brett McMurphy pointed out that in the final AP poll of the season, Clemson has equaled or exceeded their preseason rank eight years in a row, dating back to 2011. Kind of wild to think about, considering Clemson's longstanding reputation prior to this run under Dabo Sweeney as perennial underachievers. The Tigers have their work cut out for them, however, if they intend to keep that streak alive. Since the AP preseason poll began in 1950, the only schools to go wire to wire as the number one team are Florida State in 1999 and USC in 2004. Trey, I think we are both of a mind that the true and correct way to think about teams in the preseason is that you've got Alabama and Clemson about eight to ten teams who could maybe make a playoff run if things go their way and then everybody else so instead of getting bogged down into who's too high and who's too low let's talk about two unranked teams we think will finish ranked and two ranked teams we think will finish unranked Trey, uh, kick us off with uh, your unranked teams that will finish ranked i don't know how memphis wasn't ranked memphis is going to be projected our favorite to win every single game yeah, um, it's played for an American championship two years in a row. This is definitely going to be year number three. They don't have UCF on the regular season schedule. They return quarterback Brady White. So, like Memphis going twelve and zero or like eleven and one shouldn't surprise anybody, and that would de- definitely get them ranked. And then I'm going to go TCU, uh, almost a losing season last year for the Horned Frogs. They needed to win a few games to stave that off. But Gary Patterson seems always bounce back. And some analysts have TCU finishing third or fourth in the Big 12, um, which would absolutely be good enough to get them ranked. They've got a ton of skill talent on offense. They're going to knock off somebody big this year. So those are my two. Connor, what about you? Yeah, I'm going with Boise State finished outside the top 25, and they have a real nice opportunity to make a statement in week one against Florida State, uh, especially with how Boise State's strength of their defensive line matches up against uh, Florida State's weakness, the, the offensive line. So if they win that game, it could be a really long while before the Broncos lose. And then I'm going with Missouri. Uh, The way Missouri's schedule sets up, they really might start out 8-0. They have a really favorable SEC West draw and aren't really challenging themselves in the non-conference. They're owed some good luck, I think, after going 1-3 in games decided by five points or fewer last year. And that's all without even mentioning Kelly Bryant coming in through the transfer portal and the possibility that maybe this team is like playing with a little bit of his chip on it a chip on his shoulder knowing that there's not a bowl game out there for them at the end of this season. Um, or, you know, as we learned from Virginia tech recently, maybe uh, knowing you don't have a bowl game, maybe makes you play harder. So who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. What about your teams that, sh- that are ranked right now that you think will end up unranked? 
So I feel bad that I chose Stanford first. Like I kind of got first dibs. That's such an easy one though. Um, at 25, the Cardinal are like, they have an identity crisis going on. Like when, like when we were in college, they were the, the team that was running the ball and now they're, they wanted to air it out. I don't know how that's going to work. They returned the least amount of experience in the Pac-12. They're like not going to be any better than Washington or Oregon in the Pac-12 North. So they're automatically third in the Pac-12 North. And then their, their non-conference schedule is brutal. They have Notre Dame, UCF. So Stanford's an easy call to drop out. And then Wisconsin last year was my a, a playoff team for me. They didn't finish ranked. So at 19th, it's pretty easy for me to say they won't finish ranked again. Yeah, they have Jonathan Taylor. They're going to have a good offensive line. I don't love their quarterback situation with either Jack Cohn or Graham Mertz. And uh, they also draw a, a tough uh, Big Ten East slate, too. So no thanks on Wisconsin. And if they don't finish ranked, we'll see if there's any uh, buzz for next year for Paul Chris's job. What about you? Yeah, my unranked team or my ranked team to finish unranked is first of all, I got a UCF at currently at 17. Uh, it's not that I think UCF will be bad necessarily. It's just a matter of the margin for error for these non power five teams being pretty slim. They do have that game against Stanford and they've also got a tough game against uh, constantly improving Cincinnati program. So you lose one, two games. It's really tough to hang around in the top 25. Um, if, uh, if you're a team from, from a group of five conference. So I just think the margin of error is, is too slim there. Then I've got, uh, Auburn currently number 16. And I think, I think Auburn is quite good. I think their schedule is just absolutely brutal in the way it sets up. They, they've obviously got Georgia and Alabama every year. Those those are at home, but all of their like big swing toss-up games in the SEC are on the road at Texas A&M, at Florida, at LSU, and then that's even without mentioning Oregon in the season opener. So I and I'll, and then throw on top of that, you're going to be starting a freshman quarterback, whether it's a true or red shirt remains to be seen. Um, so I, I just think it's really tough year for Auburn uh, to do better than four or five losses, which has might have unfortunate consequences for Gus Malzahn. So we'll see. It sure would. I, I, that schedule is brutal. I've, I've been kind of worried about myself this offseason talking myself into maybe Auburn being uh, awesome uh, with really good offensive line play. It's tempting. Offensive play. Yeah, so I, I thought about them for this one. Uh, I like your UCF pick. I think people are going to start having UCF fatigue once they lose one or two games and kind of be ready to get them out there. I've got some trivia for us. The lowest ranked team in the preseason AP poll to reach the college football playoff was Connor, I bet you know this one because it's in the Google Doc. We're going to answer it right after the break. All right, we're back. Uh, the trivia question today was, who is the lowest-ranked team in the preseason AP poll to reach the college football playoff? And the answer is number 19, Oklahoma, in 2015. That was before anybody really knew what to expect from a transfer quarterback named Baker Mayfield. And speaking of quarterbacks, we've got plenty of quote-unquote news to unpack there from Monday, and it's all of the obvious variety. Ohio State named Justin Fields. It started for week one versus Florida Atlantic as Fields outlasted Matthew Baldwin in the spring. Baldwin eventually transferred to TCU and Gunnar Hoke, a Kentucky transfer during fall camp. 
the number two overall recruit in the class of 2018, right behind Trevor Lawrence. Uh, expectations are very high for the dual threat Justin Fields and Ryan Day's offense. I think he's going to put up big numbers. Um, down in Norman, it was no surprise that Jalen Hurts won Oklahoma's starting gig over Tanner Mordecai and Spencer Rattler. The Alabama transfer is a proven winner. You know that, 26-2 and two as a starter. All eyes, especially my eyes, I'm certainly interested to see how he's grown as a passer. Uh, this offseason under Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley, who, of course, has coached two straight Heisman quarterbacks. And then Miami released its game week roster for Saturday's game versus Florida. It's cool to say Saturday's game versus Florida with Jaron Williams starting, yes, and Tate Martella and Nikosi Perry listed as co-backups. Co-backups is is the, the thing to harp on there. Uh, the Internet's going to explode, though, if Martell gets in the game as a wide receiver. I can already picture like the camera just lingering on Tate Martell mm. on the sideline oh, yeah. and, and all the uh, all the B plots going on during that game. It's it's exciting. It's exciting to think about uh, what a, a college football broadcast is going to look like in my not too distant future. Wisconsin wide receiver Quintez Cephas was cleared to return to school after a jury acquitted him of sexual assault charges brought against him in 2018. Cephas had been expelled from the university in the wake of the accusations. University President Rebecca Blank said that the school had now received new information not available at the time of Cephas's student conduct review. Cephas is back with the football team now, but it's unclear whether his game eligibility will be sorted out in time for the Badgers' August 30th opener at South Florida. Cephas caught 30 passes for 501 yards and six touchdowns as a sophomore in 2017. Oregon receiver Micah Pittman, a member of the just released just released 24-7 sports true freshman preseason All-American team, uh, could potentially miss two months or more with a shoulder injury. Sources told DuckTerritory.com, a property of 24-7 sports. That means Pittman is going to miss the Auburn game and potentially the Washington game on October 19th. And that's going to give Oregon, co- Oregon coaches a tough redshirt dilemma. Uh, Pittman was the number 94 recruit in the 24-7 sports composite. He was going to be a big-time target of Justin Herbert. The Ducks have a ton of questions at wide receiver, and starting flanker Brennan Schooler is already out for about two months as well with a foot injury. Purdue starting running back Tario Fuller is out indefinitely following surgery to repair two fractures to his jaw, which he suffered during the team's scrimmage on Saturday. Fuller only had 34 yards rushing last season, but was expected to be the bell cow for the Boilermakers in 2019. Got some really sad news here that happened just as we were about to record. Uh, Blake Anderson, the Arkansas State head coach, uh, tweeted early Tuesday morning that his wife, Wendy, had died after a battle with cancer. Uh, Anderson had just stepped away from from the program uh, for a leave of absence after Wendy was uh, battling cancer for the second time. She was initially diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer in 2017. Here's what Blake had to say on Twitter. My beautiful girl has gone home to be with Jesus. No more pain, no more suffering and praise him. No more cancer. She passes peacefully and gracefully as you could ever hope just a few minutes before midnight with me laying right beside her. That's obviously just heartbreaking and uh, best wishes out to them. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. If you're really dedicated to the cause, tell an enemy to check us out. For Trey Scott, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Wednesday for the next episode of the College Football Daily. Daily.